Amen. All right. If you don't have a Bible, go ahead and grab one off the back table there. You are going to need it tonight. One of those blue books back there. So let me ask you guys, have you ever made plans to do something? Okay. Like, you don't have a life. Okay. So absolutely no plans whatsoever. Okay. So the, the reason I ask that is because I think we all have experience in making plans. I mean, how many of you plan to get up and go to school today? I didn't say you wanted to go to school, I said you planned to get up and go, okay? Or, or maybe you've planned to play a sport, or you've planned for um, work or something of that nature. Every single one of us make plans. How many of you are making plans for summer already? Ah, see, that's what I figured. By the way, while we're on that topic, hey, summer fun week is the last week of June. Make plans to join us for that. That's every night, that last week of June, Monday through Thursday. And then our camp, if you have not signed up yet, that is going to be July 7th through the 11th. And we've still got some spots for that, so make plans to join us there. The reason I ask you about plans, if you're rapping, playing video games, okay. The reason I ask you about plans, guys, hey, is because plans are something that we all make. Now, the problem is, sometimes those plans work out really well, sometimes those plans work out really bad. I was actually looking around a little bit because I, I'm always fascinated to hear stories of what people would classify as kind of dumb or stupid criminals because sometimes they make plans and those plans don't work out really well. I found two that caught my eye. Let me, let me, you tell me if you think these plans worked out well. The first one says this. It says a woman in Calgary was hysterical when a police officer arrived at her home. The woman's jewelry was missing. The electronics were gone and a window was smashed. While the officer was there, the woman's father called her and she spoke to him in French. She explained to her father that the burglary was all a scam in order to collect the insurance money. What she didn't suspect was that the police officer spoke six languages, including French. So did her plan work out very well? No, it didn't. How about, how about this one? A trio of drug thieves thought it was their lucky day when they broke into a home in Silver Springs, Florida. It was in the home that they found three jars of cocaine. They took the jars home and proceeded to snort the contents of the jars. No, these are three thieves. They later discovered that the jars were in fact urns. And that they were the they were snorting the cremains of the victim's husbands and her two dogs. I don't think so. No, that's not how that works. So, do you believe that? Hey, sometimes the plans we make don't work out very well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's a pretty good example. Now, I hope the plans that you and I make work out a little better than that, okay? So when you start making plans, number one, don't break into anybody's house to steal stuff and don't, don't forge a robbery or fake a robbery and you'll at least be doing better than these people. The reason I ask you about plans is because as we jump back into James chapter 4, that's exactly what James is talking about tonight at the end of this chapter. And what we see in this chapter is, is we see that making plans for your life, it's, it's a good thing. But we have to remember when we start making plans for our life, what we find from this passage is that those plans are number one, they're only guesses. Because we really don't know what's going to happen tonight or tomorrow or a week from now or even this summer. It's our best educated guess 
based on our past experience or what we hope to do. And we see from this passage that when we make plans, our plans have to start with God. If we say we're a disciple of Jesus Christ, then everything we do has to go back to who He is and who He's called us to be. So our plans for our lives have to start with Him. So before we jump into the Scripture, I'm going to ask you guys the questions I ask you every week so you have a background and know where we're coming from. Who wrote the book of James? James. Okay. When do we believe it was written? Somewhere 40 to 45 A.D. Who do we believe he wrote it to? Jewish Christians and house churches. Remember, very beginning of the book, to the twelve tribes of the dispersion. These are people that were being persecuted for their faith. So he's trying to do what by writing this letter? Encourage them to live out their faith. Exactly. Guys, it's important that we know why the book was written so we can understand what the author was trying to communicate and how that now translates to us so many years later. So I'm going to ask you guys to do what I ask you to do every week. I'm going to ask you to stand as we read the Word of God. And Miss Carla Davis is going to come up and read our passage for us tonight. Y'all give it up for Miss Carla. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Oh, you've got to use a microphone, Miss Carla. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Let us pray. Dear God, help us remember that you need to be the creator and the starter and the base of our plans. Help us to remember that all the things that we can come with on our own are just nothing compared to what you have in store for us. Help us to try to seek your will and your plan and help us to try to do what is good in your eyes. Um, and then all of our plans will just fall into place um, if we would just do that. I just ask that you help us to open our minds tonight and our hearts to your word and be with Pastor Jesse as he gives it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Miss Carla. You guys can have a seat. So let's just jump right into it. Let's go right back to verse 13. James 4.13. It says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Now remember, James, the original audience he's writing to, it's this early church, it's these persecuted Christians, and just like today, that early church was made up of people from all walks of life and all different um, financial backgrounds, so he's specifically kind of addressing the, the people who would have been business people here, because those are the ones who would have traveled to different towns and sold and stayed and made a profit. And he's talking to him and he's saying, hey, when, when you decide where you're going to go sell and how you're going to make money, he's saying, you guys need to, to remember that you're not necessarily the one who's making those plans. He's trying to get their attention and trying to use some example that they would understand because he's recognizing that we all make plans. I asked you guys just a few minutes ago, how many of you were making plans for summer already? Which means some of you guys are talking about vacations and, and when you go on vacation, do you make a plan for your vacation? No? What's that? You just go there and see what happens. Do you realize that in just going, your plan is to not have a plan? Yeah! 
So you can say, you know what, I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to spend a week and I'm going to stay up late and I'm going to eat food at restaurants until I can't walk anymore and then I'm going to fall asleep and I'm going to have a good time. And we come up, how long you're going to stay, where you're going to stay, when you're going to come home. We work out all of those details. Sometimes we just say, we're going to get in the vehicle and drive and see where we end up. Either way, you've made a plan. You've either thought out all the details or you said, my plan is to have no plan. But there's still a plan there. And that's what James is using that example to try and help us understand that we all make plans. Whether we realize it or not, we're all making those choices every single day. And Scripture tells us time and time, a good, time, and time again that making plans is a good thing in our lives. In fact, God gives us advice on what to do when we're making plans. There's a couple different verses I want to show you. Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. In that verse, we see that we're, we're told that plans are okay. In fact, we should ask other people about our plans when we're making plans for our lives. People who are wiser than us. People who have more experience than us. People who can help us make plans. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. In that verse, we're seeing that when we make plans, we need to be diligent in our planning. That means don't just say, hey, I'm going to go spend $1,000 on something and not have thought through what you're actually going to do. You've got to actually make a plan to make sure that that plan is going to be successful. So making plans, we see in Scripture, it's a good thing. We're given advice on making plans. In fact, as you read through Scripture, especially in the New Testament, you can see that God Himself made plans. In Acts chapter 2, verses 22-24, through 24, listen to this. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. God had a plan. His plan to reconcile lost, dying, sinful humanity to Himself was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that we could know what forgiveness is. So that we could know the grace and the mercy and the love of God. God had a plan for that from the beginning of time. Before the beginning of time, Jesus was not God's plan B. God didn't say, let's put everything into motion, let's give them the Old Testament sacrificial system, and let's see if that works out. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll think of something else. It was always Jesus. Plans are good. And that's what Scripture shows us. Even in Ephesians chapter 3, another example from the New Testament, verses 8-10, through 10, it says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. God made plans before creation ever happened. So plans for our lives, the things that we think and the things that we desire and the things that we want to do those are not a bad idea, but it's how we carry those things out. And that's what James helps us see right there in that very next verse of verse 14. 
our plans are really only guesses. We say, you know what, I'm going to do this, and we have said in our mind that it's going to happen, but the fact of the matter is, we have no idea what's going to happen. Look at the way James explains it in verse 14. He says, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. When you and I make plans, we're really only guessing. You can't say for 100% certainty what you're going to do when you walk out of this building tonight. You can't say for 100% certainty you're going to walk out of this building tonight. <laughs> yeah, hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> Things just got scary. But, but that's the reality of it. We make plans based on past experience. You know that typically on a Wednesday night, if you come to church, you may leave here and go home. Some of you do homework. Some of you ignore homework. Some of you get on your phone. Some watch TV. Some go to bed. Some eat dinner. All these different plans, we'd make those based on what we've done before. But we're not guaranteed that. We're not guaranteed that our life, that our night, that our next minute, our next breath is going to be what we think it's supposed to be. I mean, a great example of that is look at what happened this time last school year. Nobody planned for the whole country to shut down. Nobody planned for you all to spend the last several months of school online for seniors to have canceled sports seasons and last senior opportunities and all of these different things that happened. Nobody planned for that. That wasn't in my plans. I'm pretty sure it wasn't in your plans. And yet, God still allowed that to happen. And God changed all of our plans. So the plans that we make, just like He says here, they're really only guesses. And He brings to light the fact that we need to remember that even our lives, we don't know how long those are going to be. If you think about who God is and you think about His, his omnipotence, His all-powerful, His omnipresence, that He's everywhere, His omniscience, that He knows everything, God is outside of time the way we think of it. But even if you think of God on this timeline from before creation until eternity, we're one little pen, ink, dot on that timeline. That's what He's talking about here. He says you're, you're a mist here for a little time and then vanishes. Have you guys ever been in the car in the morning, maybe on the way to school, and, and there's fog, like really bad fog? <laughs> you don't drive in the fog? Okay. Well, sometimes you have to. But here's my question. When you leave school in the afternoon, is the fog still there? Yes, there is the rare occasion to disprove my point. Thank you. Yes, sometimes it's there. But for the most part, the sun comes up and it burns off and it's gone. Just gone. That's what he's talking about. He's saying your life is, is just a little blip. It's just a mist. It's here now and then it's going to be gone. So whatever plans that we're making, whatever things that we're thinking about, they're good things. They can be very good things. And yet at the same time, we've got to understand that God is the one that numbers our days. It says in verse uh, 27, of, or verse 1 of Proverbs 27, it says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Guys, we have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what tonight's going to bring. So when we start making plans, we've got to remember our plans are only guesses. 
And that's why we've got to make sure what James shows us in the next verse is because our plans are only guesses, our plans have to start with God. We've got to seek Him first. Look at what it says in James chapter 4, verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. See, what tends to happen is you and I, we, we make our own plans. You get close to graduating high school and you decide, okay, I'm going to go to college. And you start researching the colleges and you figure out where you want to go and what you want to study and where you're going to live. Or maybe you get to the point where you've, you, you decide you want somebody significant in your life. So you start dating people and you start finding out who you like and, and, and who you don't like and what kind of person you want to marry one day or, or even a career. You start researching, number one, how much they pay where I would have to move, how I could live, how I could afford things. And we go through all of this long process to make all of these plans, and then we say, God, please bless this. We're all guilty of that. And yet James is saying right here, it needs to be, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. James is showing us that it's not our place to make all of our plans and then say, God, can you rubber stamp those plans for me? Because I think they're awesome. We're supposed to go to God first. We're supposed to seek Him first so that He can show us what it is He wants us to do with our life. James is talking about a lifestyle that trusts God in every single thing. In fact, that phrase that James used there, that's actually a phrase that we see Paul use over and over in the New Testament. Paul who went on missionary journeys. Paul who started churches in Acts chapter 18, verse 21. It says, but on taking leave of them, he said, if, or says, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. In 1 Corinthians 4.19, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. And I will find out not the talk and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. See, we see an example in Paul of a complete submission of his life to the will of God, to what God wants for him. And that's what James is trying to help us understand. God wants complete submission of our lives. We talked about that last week. To his will, so that our plans will start with him every single time. And there's so many other verses. Proverbs 16.3 Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Proverbs 16.9 The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Everything in your life, everything in my life, should begin with what God wants for our lives. Not what we want. Because when we're seeking God first, then our will and our desires begin to conform to what He wants for our life. And now we are seeking what God wants. Now we are seeking His plans for us first. And, and I want to I throw this in here while we're talking about this. There's going to be times in your life where God presents you with opportunities. Things that God would have you do, and they are things that are going to make you uncomfortable. They are things you're going to look at God and say, mm, yeah, no, don't think I can do that, God. And, and we give the church answer of, I need to pray about that. Yeah, we do that. Or, you know what, I just don't feel like God wants me to do that yet. Or how about this one, I just don't have a peace about that yet. When, when really, we're just scared. And let me let you in on a secret. The peace that we say we don't have about that yet often never comes until you take that first step of obedience. Even when those plans don't make sense. 
even when God's plan is not the plan that you had laid out for your day or your week or your summer or your life. It's when we take that first step of obedience to God's will and His plan that God says, okay, now you're getting it. Now let me show you what's next. That's what James is talking about here. Being willing to step out and do whatever God wants you to do whenever, wherever. And what we find out here in these last two verses is all of this plans, who you're going to trust, who you're going to follow, it's up to you. You have to make the choice. Look at what it says in James 4, verse 16 and 17. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. James says, follow God or follow your own plans. He's kind of pointing back to what he talked about in James chapter 2 about being hearers and doers of the word. He's pretty clear here. He says, if you know what God wants you to do with your life, if you know what His plan is for you and you choose to ignore that plan, it's sin. That's not my words. That's, that's what James says right there. And he says the choice is up to you. You have to decide what to do with it. I have the opportunity every week to go out and do a devotion with the, the high school guys soccer team which they're playing their first round of the state playoffs tonight. Hopefully they're doing well. But one of the things we've talked about recently was this from the book of James. That, that when, when you get into something, a, a sport or whatever it was, the example I used with them yesterday is that before they started playing soccer and they had to do a throw-in, they didn't know that it was illegal to throw it in any way except for over your head. Or they didn't know that when you do a throw-in from the sideline, you've got to leave that back foot on the ground. You can't pick it up or kick it or do all these other things. And when they first started playing, they didn't know that rule, therefore they weren't accountable for that rule. But as soon as somebody explained that rule to them, now they're responsible for that knowledge. And every time they choose to ignore that rule and throw the ball this way or pick their foot up and do all of the other things they may do, they're going to get a penalty for it. And the other team's going to get the ball. See, once we have the knowledge, we're responsible for the knowledge. And that's, that's what James is saying here. He's saying, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. So the choice is up to you. And the choice is up to me. And my question for you tonight is, what is your choice? You can, you can choose to follow God and, and have that if the Lord wills approach to life. You can choose to step out and to do the things that you know God's calling you to do, commanding you to do, that make you incredibly uncomfortable. And really don't necessarily line up with the plans that you have for your life. And that's a scary place to be. And yet, when you're in the center of God's will, that's the best place you could ever be. Do you choose to pursue God and His will and His plans for you tonight? Or do you choose to do your own thing? That's the only question that you, that's a question that only you can answer. And, and my prayer for you tonight is that you're choosing to follow God. That you're choosing to seek Him. You're letting Him plan your steps. You're letting Him plan your way. And the first step in doing that is putting your faith and trust in God. Knowing that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins. Because we're all sinners. Anything that dishonors God. Anything that dishonors who He is and who He's created us to be in a relationship with Him is sin. And we all fall into that category. 
And the only way we can be saved from that sin is through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb. Scripture tells us that when we believe that and we confess him as Lord of our life, because let me tell you this, some people will say when you make Jesus Lord of your life, you don't make him Lord of your life. He is Lord. Period. You simply finally choose to acknowledge it. When you get to that point, Scripture tells us in that moment, God, I'm a sinner. God, I need your forgiveness. God, I want to follow you with my life. Scripture tells us in that moment, you've taken the first step to following God's plan for your life. You make that choice tonight. Are you going to follow God? Are you going to follow your own way? Let me pray for us. God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to come together to worship you, God. God, we do that through prayer. We do that through song. We do that through your word. And God, I pray for every single person in here. I pray for myself, God. I pray that you would help us to follow you. God, and the plans that we're making to seek you first. God, to know that each one of us has, first of all, put our faith and our trust in you. God, help us to do the things that are scary that you call us to. Help us to trust and know that the center of your will, the center of your plans for our lives is the most incredible place we could ever be. Even when things around us don't make sense. If you're here tonight and you've never taken that first step, you've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus, you can do that right here tonight. This is a place for us to celebrate that. Maybe you're here tonight and you go, God's calling you to do something. You've already got that relationship and you're just scared to do it. And you just want somebody to pray for you. That's what those yellow cards are for. Write down your prayer request on that card. Drop it in the basket up here while we sing or before you leave tonight. So that we can pray for you as you seek after God. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.